everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the 6 yards podcast uh fans were welcomed back into the premier league stadiums this weekend and it was quite an exciting weekend it started off with manchester city uh with a routine win over fulham manchester united uh, had a second half second half comeback against west ham uh chelsea defeated leeds united quite comfortably 3-1 at home arsenal was swept aside by tottenham and wolves were beaten easily by liverpool uh i'd like to welcome our usual suspects for today's podcast uh, manan shayan navin obro and kv i'll obviously have a longer discussion about the spurs versus arsenal match towards the end of the podcast but let's start with manan's thoughts on the chelsea game hi manan hey supreet hey so routine win over leeds uh not to not a very uh, indifferent performance uh, however uh, you know chelsea didn't have majority of the possession uh, any 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 reason why is it because of how leeds play or is it uh, just how chelsea was set up for the match especially with the uh, giroud up front yeah i think um, so you would have noticed leeds are only behind manchester city in terms of uh, the average possession uh, this season for 90 so they are a side that like to have the ball and that's it i am um, i i expected to the game to turn out in this manner i think lampard has uh, evolved you know tactically in terms of setting up against each opposition rather than going with a, a one size fits all approach which is good to see so yeah i think it was intentional that you know lampard would have expected leeds to have more of the ball but uh, and definitely yeah. with giroud up front you know you lack that pace and uh, possession based approach so so that's that's probably one of the reasons uh, like you correctly mentioned and yeah i, I guess uh, that's that's how uh, you know we evolved from last season where we would have probably dominated the ball but leeds would have scored two or three so that's uh, a, a positive spin to it yeah and and the good thing about having jiru in the team is that additional option i'm pretty sure as an arsenal fan i would lo- i would probably love to have him in the team right now given that you know all we seem to be doing is crossing and uh, i mean it's a pleasant headache for frank lampard because he scored four goals against sevilla like a perfect hat trick and uh, he again scored against leeds right um is and the indif- i mean i wouldn't say indifferent form maybe the uh, lack of goals for timo werner i'm i'm pretty sure it's not concerning because he's an all all action striker but do you think he he i mean his his starting position could be on the line uh, and you know frank lampard would want to try a different approach with you know giroud and and, and tammy abraham somewhere around there i i, I don't think so because werner's uh, versatility makes him a shoe in in the starting lineup especially now with uh, the likes of zhs and uh, hudson odoi out with hamstring injuries so we lack an out and out winger so obviously tammy cannot play there and neither can molly so i think that makes werner one of the first names on the team sheet and like you said you know it's it's a blip in the form i guess he's forgotten his finishing boots back in leipzig but I, i'm not i'm not too concerned about that because he's getting into all the right positions and it's just a matter of time before you know he one or two hits the back of the net and and the confidence gets back up and you know you see him banging goals every week so i i'm not concerned about uh, his lack of finishing as long as the team is you know finding different ways to score uh, and overall i i'm i'm at least uh, from my side i'm i'm very happy with his goal contributions as well because 
even though like he's not finishing but he's providing assists as well he uh, laid one down for pulisic at the end so that that's refreshing to see so yeah not really concerned about um, lack of finishing from werner yeah and and you mentioned about the ziyech injury how serious is it is what's the latest update uh lampard confirmed the in the press conference before krasnodar uh, that both him and hudson odoi are uh, it's it's minor luckily so they should be out only for two weeks is what um, uh, frank mentioned but i however that being said given their injury histories i don't expect them to walk into the starting lineup straight after that so i guess we'll see more substitute appearances before uh, they really get back into the 11 nice and uh, happy to have the fans back obviously uh, do you think that played some sort of role in um you know chelsea's win obviously the home support was practice as usual absolutely uh, so one of the highlights of the game was how diego llorente uh, fell on his back and the chelsea fans mocked him consistently throughout the game so it it was really fun to watch and uh, definitely it would have played a factor because even though the teams and uh, the fans were uh, Uh, you know less in number with only 2000 of them but uh, they made themselves heard you could constantly see the support or rather hear uh, the support from them uh, they were cheering throughout they were singing throughout so it was refreshing to see only uh, negative and and not from the game but only negative is that now we are hearing that uh, london may be moved back into tier 3 so uh and and that doesn't <laughs> look nice for you because chelsea visit emirates in uh, late this december so uh so yeah that's that's one of the downsides to it but definitely uh, it was amazing to see the fans back in the stadiums and uh, we us everyone taking one step forward towards uh, normal uh, routine life yeah and and another point that i wanted to touch upon is patrick bamford um return to chelsea uh return to stamford bridge rather his eighth goal in 11 matches do you think it was a hit or miss for uh, chelsea in the sense do you think they should have probably kept him or uh, do you think it was a good decision to probably let him go in hindsight i think if you look at the history uh, i would say there are no regrets he he is not kevin de bruyne or mo sala or romelu lukaku so so i think he's he's at a good run of form he's found his perfect manager his perfect team but if you look at uh, the loan stint that he had while at chelsea chelsea did believe in him uh, that's why they kept him on his, on on the books for 6 years without him playing a yeah. single game so they did trust his abilities yeah. and they tr- trust his potential but that never never really materialized in his various uh, loan stints at different premier league championship clubs so it was yeah. it was absolutely the right decision to let him go but however good for him that he's found his team found his manager and uh, you know he's he's getting a, a decent run of form now in the premier league yeah that's right. yeah yeah so next match against everton away game um, everton obviously excellent start to the season and then it just petered off um it's not a very easy game obviously um but uh, you know away teams have had some success at manchester united when they i think two two or three weeks back and came back with a 3-2 win are you expecting uh, something similar uh goodison uh, park has uh, one of been the bogey grounds for chelsea to be honest we've rarely won there uh, the last time i could remember is during our title winning season under antonio conte 
so i think it's not an easy game uh, definitely uh, they've got quality across the front line and midfield so that makes it even more difficult uh, but i think given the run of form that we are in and the confidence of the players i would i would expect a win but then again this this is premier league there there have been freak results all across uh, the season all throughout the season so it's not a given for sure and yeah i mean i'm just hoping for the best at this time and i'm i'm happy that the team got uh, much needed rest in the midweek uh, after the champions league qualification and top spot was secured uh, last week what's your prediction final score uh i would say given the confidence and form of the two sides i would say everton 1 chelsea 2 okay thanks manan uh, always great talking thank to you thank you and uh, see you in the next podcast yes so that was manan uh, and his thoughts on chelsea uh, moving on uh, i'd like to call shine next to talk about manchester united's second half comeback against west ham hey shine hey hi supreet so united uh, seemingly on a decent run of form obviously with the uh, you know with a couple of uh, rather three or four wins on the bounce in the league uh, they obviously beat uh, west ham away uh southampton with the late winner a uh, narrow home win against west brom uh, and before that everton away right so four uh, wins and then and suddenly in midweek now they're knocked out of the champions league uh and is it is it because is is it intentional in, in terms of you know the second half comebacks um because what what everyone's gathering from solskjaer's post match interviews are you know we are okay to go you know go a goal down because the players know that you know that they maybe they thrive under pressure but it didn't kind of pay off against leipzig um what are your thoughts on not just a west ham game uh the second half comeback but also you know this this sort of dangerous tactic that uh, manchester united are living by right now right uh, so i'm not sure you know whether the concept of uh, comeback kings or you know uh, absorbing two three goals in the first half and then coming back and trying to win it by the end of those 90 minutes is a, a good idea over the long course of a season it might be attractive for the viewers or for the pundits or for the sky sports and bt team but definitely not from a you know team standpoint and how a team football team should uh, play at the end of the day it only uh, brings out uh you know the demons from the cupboard as they say because that clearly points out the lack of uh, efforts in the defense or your midfield so i think it's 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 been a consistency uh, issue which i think we have discussed over the uh, course of the season and the last few podcasts with uh, united um as i said i think before solskjaer is not quite sure about the formation and the strategy surrounding Uh, how united should shape up in the midfield and that has reflected clearly by the uh, you know substitutions uh, during the uh, half time uh, with uh, west ham united uh, you know donny van de beek and cavani were substituted <clears throat> uh, although it was a muscular injury uh, you know of cavani but i think uh, it, it was a clear tactical substitution where again the dependence on bruno fernandes was pointed out right so uh, yeah. i'm i'm not sure whether uh, 
you know what Ole is saying in the press conferences and how uh, United is uh, performing on the pitch uh, in the second half is quite a, a good idea. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Solskjaer would love to have a, a decent enough game where they, <clears throat> you know, have a one goal or two goal lead and hold on to that uh, lead uh, during the entire 90 minutes. So it's it's clearly a problem. Uh, this is not how United have played over the course of the last 15 to 20 years or maybe the last 10 years. And this is not how fans also expect them to play. So there's, there's clearly a problem with that. Um, so, yeah. And also the, you know, uh, the comments about Paul Pogba's future and, uh, you know, the Minoraila obviously coming out and saying that it's time for him to move out uh, because he's clearly not happy. Do you think that's that's you know caused some sort of discord in the dressing room? Um, obviously, Pogba, 89 million transfer back in 2016. Um, he has had his moments, but overall, I think United fans would say you know he's he's underperformed for that sort of value and you know for that sort of hype. Uh, do you think he's got a future at United, or do you think? It's time to move him on and uh, you know bring in someone who's probably you know you could say more committed to the cause. I think you have to look at look at this issue from uh, both sides, right? From the players' perspective, which is Pogba's perspective, and now from the uh, United's uh, perspective also. I think from Pogba's perspective and what uh, his agent has said, and they clearly feel that this team is somewhere not living up to the standards uh, what Pogba had expected. I mean, clearly, as you mentioned, they have been kicked out uh, yet again of the Champions League and now they're going to play on Thursday night. So, for a World Cup winner uh, and for someone like uh, Pogba who has the uh, you know lure of a Juventus or a, uh, a Real Madrid day in, day out, maybe he's thinking that I'm, I'm wasting my time out here with such a team who doesn't clearly have a roadmap in terms of where they want to uh, go down the road or where they see themselves because it, it's still uh, I mean it's going to be quite a few years by the looks of it that United is again going to challenge for the title or rather any uh, any uh, sort of title so uh, so this is from the players point of view and I think he's pressurizing uh, these are all the modern day tactics right that you can uh, apply on the on your manager or on, on the team uh, through media and etc right so I think he and uh, his agent are clearly uh, strategizing that before the summer transfer window uh, comes into the picture. Uh, from a Manchester United standpoint, I think it would be better if they get rid of him very honestly, uh, because it's it's as you said, uh, it's it's been uh, what five or six years now that he came back after that lucrative deal and. Those moments that you talked about have been very, uh, very rarely that we have seen a player of such caliber put on a show for a United uh, team. I mean, you take into comparison the, you know, impact that Bruno Fernandez has had on the team, right? You might have expected, or everyone might have expected, Pogba doing doing the same. Yeah. It hasn't. It hasn't happened. Right. And uh, I think it's time uh, to have a sanity in the dressing room. And to have all this nonsense being taken out every day, uh, either through the agent or through the uh, newspapers and all, it's it's. I think it's time for him to move on. I think it's time for Ole, if he's you know, if he is a manager by the end of the season or by the end of Christmas, 
depending on how Manchester United fare. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I think you need to take a, a strong call. I mean, uh, Sir Alex, if I can recall, right? I mean, had he been there in such a position, I think he would have taken a very strong stance against all this. So I think Ole has been, as a manager, uh, you know, I'm not sure whether he's been that strong a person to take a harsh decision. He's been absolutely brilliant as a player, but I think it's time for him to buckle up and take strong decisions. And I think this might be the time that he sits down with the board and chalks out the situation and this is not working. Uh, so I think it's time for uh, United to uh, just fire Pogba and move on. That's uh, quite straightforward. Um, so obviously Bruno, the driving force uh, for so long, uh, he's, he's already scored bucket load of goals already. I, I think he's a top scorer right now, if I'm, if I'm right, in the season for United. Um, an injury to him or, you know, um, I mean, that could just derail the whole um, season. Uh, do you think over-reliance on a single player's brilliance or a single player's creativity is a problem? I mean, you could see see how Arsenal are struggling right now and when Aubameyang is not firing and it, it just seems like there's... There's just no goals in the team, right? And uh, they're obviously struggling. Uh, do you think United could be faced with, say, you know, a, a sudden turn in form or, uh, you know, an injury to Bruno? Um, it's some sometime in the future. Right. So, I, you know, interestingly, I was uh, just a couple of days back, I was watching uh, an old game because I think that's what Manchester United fans are doing these days. Um, I think from 20, 2009 or 2010, where... We, we didn't have, you know, star players in the midfield. Someone, you know, like, a, you know, Daniel Fletcher and Park Ji-sung and Anderson. So, all these were not as high-profile players like a Pogba. But still, we won titles. Still, we won games. And we won them handsomely, right? Now, you look at the team these days and it's, it's just a reliance on, you know, someone like a Bruno Fernandes or someone like a Cavani sneaking in the last minute or a Thunderbolt from Pogba here and there. So, I think this has been pretty much pointed out that United is not playing as a team. A coherent unit is what you need to challenge for the title or to win games consistently. It's just individual uh, efforts here and there or individual attractive passes or attractive goals here and there across the 90 minutes and across the 10 or 11 odd games that we have played. I mean, you look at uh, other teams, right? Uh, and you look at uh, Liverpool, in spite of all the uh, you know defensive lapses that they had had, uh, or sorry, the defensive reinforcements that they had had to do, they're, they're still coming out because obviously they have good players, but they are also managing with the team as a whole. And unless you do that, it, it's going to, I mean, Bruno is not going to save the entire team or the blushes every day in and out. Cavani at 33-34, you can't expect him to show up every day and score two goals in the second half. So, unless United or Ole manages to get the coherence in the team, I think it's a long and tough uh, road ahead for United in this season. I mean, they can uh, very well, uh, you know, uh, re rejoice at the fact that they are sitting at number four or number five, whatever. But there is a still a long way to go, and there are tough matches coming up, especially with the City one. And I think they're going to be uh, right there in the middle of the table at, after the end of uh, 38 games in the season if they do not manage this. Yeah, and and you mentioned the City game. Looking forward to it or dreading it? We might as well switch off the TV on that day. I'm absolutely not looking forward to it. I mean, 
you just sense that there is a thrashing coming over the weekend with you know and it's just not because it it's a home no, still game. i mean it doesn't matter i mean oh, wow i mean it's a home game then we shouldn't even like bother talking about it considering our performances over the season uh, no i mean see uh, how united are playing these days and especially how i think city have quietly shaped up their Uh, performances i was just looking at their records and they have had quite a nice bit of run in both in the champions league and premier league i mean they had a 3-0 win over marseille i think last night even with a second string team sort of so i mean you can understand that there is a tension in the team uh, as you pointed out with the pogba situation with the loss now being knocked out of the uh, champions league the home uh, performances and the and on the record at old trafford there is a there is a palpable tension uh, in the in the team in the dressing room and it's it's clearly showing out in the team selections it's showing out in the performances and you know city with how they have regrouped uh, how they are you know slowly come turning on the screws in terms of their performances i am dreading this is going to be a, a bad result for united uh, over the week true but but on the other hand you also have to consider that you know they've just faced burnley and fulham at home and united have have had slightly trickier fixtures right against southampton west ham away uh, everton away as well very recently uh, along with you know tough champions league fixtures i i'm i think it's going to be a little more even than you know one sided uh in any case what's your prediction for this match final um i i think united are going to put in goals considering we have you know the tremendous form that bruno is in maybe a goal here and there but i'm going for a city win a uh, 3-1 uh, kind of a scoreline okay all right looking forward to that match uh thank you shine uh, we'll hopefully see you next week uh, to talk about this fixture thank you great cheers and next uh, we'll be talking about uh, manchester city uh, routine win over fulham uh, the second consecutive win at home after the final thrashing of burnley um, i'd like to invite sushant to talk about this match uh, navin is unfortunately unavailable for this week's podcast hey sushant hi supreet how are you i'm good so uh, routine win for city uh, title chances looking good or do you think guardiola's men will uh, fall short this season yeah so i think uh, the performance overall was uh, encouraging and as you mentioned right for the first time this season that they managed to you know prop uh, up two wins back to back in the premier league so i think that would give some confidence to pep uh, and his side because now they're finally you know seeing return of some of their more important players they they seem to have you know a more settled back four this season now with uh, ruben diaz who's, who's actually been really Who's, who's who's done well? Uh, I don't think he's had much of a really bad game so far, and he's settled uh, in well in, into the new league. Um, with regards to title challenges, I still think they've uh, you know they would it would require uh, some help from the teams above them because mm-hmm. there does seem to be a sort of I would say a bit of a gap there uh, currently between City and um, the leaders, right? About yeah. three, four to four points. So I'm and I'm I'm sure City. are uh, at this moment of time in their development i would say as a p squad uh, not in that phase where you could just you know confidently say that they can go on a 20 25 match unbeaten run which which you which was which was a staple of their uh, two premier league titles right 
where they would go on these un- really long uh, runs of wins. And that's something that they need right now because uh, even though the difference between them and the, the two leaders is uh, uh, Tottenham and Liverpool, uh, is, uh, I would say, six points with a game in hand for City, um, you, can, you can never say for sure that you know, um, City won't drop more points. So, yeah. so I think uh, a title challenge, uh, we'll have to wait and watch, uh, especially if Aguero recovers uh, well, right? And if he, if they're able to really f- f- fit that in well, I think they, they could maybe have a late run at the title. Uh, mm. But yeah, I think uh, a, a good a good season would be what Pep would be looking at because as considering as his squad is still, you know, again, evolving, they're, in, they're reaching that next phase and i think next season is when pep will pep would really love to you know like win the title again and get yeah. get and probably get what he thinks is something that they deserve yeah so, yeah. so aguero returning to the lineup for their match against marseille scoring a goal as well uh, do you see him starting more i mean uh, i mean uh, they've obviously start you know playing ferran torres up front uh, and it's kind of worked well especially him playing in tandem with uh, De Bruyne and Mares and Sterling. Uh, but do you see Aguero returning to the squad anytime soon? Or because I, I'm pretty sure Guardiola wouldn't want to rush him back, especially for a 32-year-old player. Yeah, I think um, in recent months, uh, there once or twice when, whenever Aguero's returned, he's had a relapse of sort in terms of injury. So the, the club is really being very careful in terms of, you know, who to uh, when to play him and how much time to you know give him on the field, and I think Ferran Torres's um, development or you know I, I would say as a striker as a as a central figure in the in that lineup has really helped ease that pressure on you know rushing Aguero back because um, until then it was only Jesus and before Jesus there was uh, barely no one who was starting there right so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I think he won't be rushed back, and I think Pep has uh, almost in every press conference that he's come out, he's mentioned the fact that they're trying to be as careful as possible. He's already come out and confirmed that he won't, uh, Aguero won't start against United, uh, which um, as a United fan, I'm, I'm probably happy about that. So, so yeah, so, so I think he will, he will come back. Uh, I think second half of the season. So I think uh, post Jan we might see him more. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, they'll manage his minutes till then. Um, I'd be worried as an Arsenal fan though, considering that's also in near sight. And uh, yeah. if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be worried that he might start that game. So, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, Big Derby, obviously, over the weekend, uh, United slowly coming back to their older form. They've, they've I think, won uh, what, four games on the trot after having lost to Arsenal. Uh, home game against West Brom. Three tough away matches, Everton, Southampton and West Ham. And uh, they went back in all of them and they've kind of come back. This time it's a home match against City. Um, how do you think that's going to pan out? So, yeah, so uh, I'm happy that you're talking all, uh, waxing all lyrical about um, United Premier League form. But uh, as we've seen um, during the week as well, that uh, you, you never know. Um, actually, you do know now by, uh, by now which United will turn up in the first half and the second half. Uh, it's just that um, how much of a opportunity that the away team or, or the opposition team takes away in those first half minutes when United is for some reason just you know um, sleepwalking through the match, I would say, to put it nicely. So uh, with with terms of the derby, of course, it's always a big game, and historically in the last few years, 
um, before the last last season. It used to be that City used to come to Old Trafford and win that match, and then United would travel to Etihad and eventually, you know, win that match of uh, of, of season. Uh, yeah. Last year was, I think, after a long time that one of the two teams were were able to, you know, complete a double over the other, and uh, thankfully that was United, where we won both our matches last season. And uh, so, yeah, so I think City have won around seven games uh, at Old Trafford and I don't think anyone has won more. So, considering all the recent form and everything, I would I would still peg them as uh, favourites. Uh, considering they, they do seem to have a more balanced uh, team now and, of course, that they, they're able to consistently churn out performances that you expect now versus a United team, um, you don't know who's going to turn up. So, right, so... Yeah. It could easily, it could easily happen that on the day of the match, um, Bruno Fernandes uh, somehow t- t- manages to turn around the team, and you know we score one goal. And if we score one, then then I have that confidence in the team that uh, they can score more. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a confidence in how they will turn up. So, so yeah. Right. So what's your uh, so if I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for a prediction, a, a final score. What do you think it's going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be three two two city. Okay, all right. Uh, look forward to that match. Thank you, Sushant, for your time. Thank you. And now the final match uh, for this week's podcast is um, one that I'd not like to talk about, but unfortunately we have to. Um, Arsenal obviously putting in a very timid display against Tottenham uh, and coming out two 0 losers. And I'd like to invite my friend Kamfo Karthik onto the podcast. Hey, Karthik. Hey, Supreet. Hey, t- uh, dude, tell me something. La- last week, you wanted to skip to the Cities game, right? In the discussion. <laughs> Where would you want to skip this time around? <laughs> Can we skip directly to the end? I think it was great chatting with you, Karthik. <laughs> oh, man, I've been waiting for this for so long. So, what has been the chatter around Spurs fans since that win, and even before the win? What, 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 what were you? Uh, rather, what, what did Spurs fans think would happen? Uh, since you involve yourself in a lot of Spurs communities, and what is the post-match reaction? See, I think before the game, it was all about uh, the bragging rights, right? So, obviously, no, mm-hmm. form doesn't matter. Uh, you know how. Where you're standing in the table doesn't yeah. matter when it comes to the North London derby. It's it's all about you know anything can happen in that game and uh, so some of us were really scared, uh, were really skeptical that the run could come to an end and you know Arsenal can be uh, given the current position. You know they might be a little more resurgent and sort of uh, nick through the points. But I I, I think uh, although there were some hints that uh, Arsenal could have uh, nicked the game, but I think. Uh, it, it completely went wrong. But then I think the post-match reaction was, uh, I think, buoyant. I think a lot of people are starting to believe that this team can achieve something as a group. Uh, but again, I think it's it's uh, it's one for the records. You know, I think uh, you know I've always admired uh, Rossiski's goal. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't remember which season that was. Uh, 2014, if I'm not wrong. Mm. I, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I think yeah the, that, that, that probably was the best goal in an NLD, and I think I think uh, there's one to match that, if not, uh, you know, beat that. But uh, so Son's goal, I think, has got people raving. Um, yeah, I think 
Yeah. It's a repetition of everything that we've seen, you know, Mourinho churning out uh, another win, uh, you know, a tactical masterclass, you could say, uh, Kane and Son combining, Hoybier dropping another uh, excellent performance. So I think uh, things are just starting to repeat themselves. So, um, yeah, I think it's become a new normal for Tottenham. New normal. <laughs> so are, are you uh, saying Tottenham are going to win the league? No, I, I keep telling it? you. I keep telling you that's that's way too far fetched. Um, you know, I, you shouldn't underestimate Liverpool uh, and City for that matter as well. But yeah, I think even Chelsea's got a. a I mean, they're firing from all cylinders. So, um, title is a very, very, very far fetched idea, and a lot of factors have to come in play, and uh, you know, a lot of things have to go against. Go against the other teams. In fact, I would go on to say, um, in order for Spurs to challenge for the title. But yeah, I think top four, uh, we look on course for that. But uh, title is yeah. again, yeah, it's a big dream. And, right, what what worked, do you think? Uh, I mean, everyone kind of expected, uh, you know, Jose to you know hit, hit Arsenal on the counter. And it just kind of seemed like, you know, we fell into that trap directly. Like, uh, yeah. we considered two goals on the counter. We just couldn't withstand the pace. Yeah. And then... Uh, I wouldn't say Tottenham really shut shop, but they were kind of happy to have Arsenal passing the ball around because they knew that the crosses aren't going to hurt them. Aubameyang obviously not the uh, marksman that you would end to, you know, expect to score headers. Do you think that's going to be the blueprint? Uh, score a couple of goals, use a use a pace of uh, Kane, Son, maybe Bale uh, later in the season. Uh, players like. Uh, Bergwijn, um, you know, Lo Celso, Hoybier, and Dombele in midfield, you know, moving moving through the paces very quickly and hitting teams on the counter and and just uh, closing out games, right? Is that is that going to be the blueprint? Um, if I have to be very honest, I really don't think that will be uh, the way forward for every game because obviously that will make mm. us more predict- predictable. So, in fact, if you observed, right, I think. Uh, Lampard did figure out. Okay, Chelsea, uh, they understood what we did yeah. against City. And I'm actually very surprised yeah. that, you know, Arteta couldn't come up with, um, you know, a plan to sort of stop this because it, this is this has been the, uh, you know, blueprint, as you can call, over the last couple of games, right? So, uh, yeah. it, it's just that uh, uh, the players would expect and they would know what, uh, you know, the likes of San and Kane would do. But they're still, you know, not, uh, really able to uh, pull it off. So, in fact, if you see, right, the amount of space that Harry Kane has uh, been given throughout the game was, I mean, it's absolutely stupid. I mean, how can you have someone like a Thomas Partey? I know, second half, he was yeah. out injured, but the first half, he, Harry Kane was given way too much space. You cannot, with someone whose uh, passing accuracy is so great and has been in an ex- extraordinary form, you cannot offer that much space to uh, uh, someone like a Kane. Okay, and the tightest of the tightest spaces. You, if you see the first goal, that the turn and the pass to Son, it was a very tight space. Yet he pulled it off. So I think that is yeah. where that is one area where probably Arsenal lacked, uh, and that I I'm not really convinced of that. Uh, uh, you know, the midfield combination of Jaka and uh, Partey for that matter. And I, I'm sure I'm, I don't know. Maybe uh, Thomas Partey would be on the sidelines now. Uh, not not really sure of the. Uh, injuries extent 
but yeah, uh, yeah but I, I think what hurt most uh, for Arsenal is the lack of someone who's clinical. I I was reading a stat, you know, they had 44 crosses, the highest in uh, any of the games since 2015-16 season. So it's yeah. it's not that they didn't have the ball. It's like they had the ball, but they didn't know what to do with it. Or probably mm-hmm. I I wouldn't say that uh, Tottenham's defense was extraordinary that they stopped everything. Obviously, uh, if Arsenal were more clinical, I'm sure they must have conjured up at least a chance that would have led to a goal. So um, yeah, all in all, I, I I'm actually starting to feel for Arteta. Um, so I'm not really sure what's not working. I mean. I, it looks like he's trying everything, but uh, how long can he hold the dressing room? I think that is going to decide his fate. But more importantly, like we have discussed in the past, uh, they lack creativity. Uh, you know, I, I, in, in fact, yesterday's game, I, I was impressed with this guy Balogun. Man, I mean, these guys are doing some extraordinary work. So I, as a last measure, last ditch measure, Arteta should probably just have some more faith and call in on these young guns and uh, see if they can, you know. Uh, kickstart Arsenal season. That's uh, quite interesting, actually. I mean, I've been watching the, I mean, some of the Europa League games, and not all of them, but uh, I think we've got some, definitely got some talented youngsters. I think it's it's just a case of, uh, you know, are we putting them into the first team squad, uh, you know, too soon, given how physical and how intimidating the Premier League is. Maybe it's wanting to protect those players. Yeah. Uh, but overall, yes, I, I, I know what you mean, right? Uh, Arteta obviously hailed as his big tactical um, uh, masterclass after his, after, I mean, we defeated Liverpool and, uh, sorry, after we defeated City and Chelsea and then Liverpool in the Community Shield. Uh, yeah. You know, we kind of emerged as, you know, a team that couldn't take lightly and, and it suddenly feels like it's all falling apart, right? Uh, injuries, yeah. you know, terrible decisions. I mean, uh, I think we rushed Thomas Partey too soon. I, do, I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, yes, it was an important game, but uh, now he's picked up an injury that's going to keep him out for even longer, right? So, I, I don't right. know what the thought process behind that. Um, st- our style of play, obviously, I touched upon that last week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, playing in crosses when you don't have a marksman who is who is who is known to score headers? He scored uh, like three of his three out of his seventy-four goals for Arsenal with his head, and he's a player who likes to receive the ball at his foot, right? And mm-hmm. it's just it's just not working out, right? They see there seems to be no cohesion. Now with Party out, we'll have to again continue playing Jaka and Ceballos, and it's just papering over the cracks. It's just adding two players who really don't add much to midfield. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's. It's, it's kind of tough times. The only, uh, I think, thing that is keeping me positive is the fact that we've already gotten like six of, I mean, we've already had like five very tough away games out yeah. of the way. Yeah. We've already travelled to United, City, Liverpool, Spurs, Leeds. Uh, and we don't have to, I mean, it, it kind of means that the points are still there to be won. We still have, you know, teams like Burnley who we play this weekend. We've got West Brom. We've got Fulham at home. I mean, we've still got all of these fixtures where, where we can definitely pick up points. Mm-hmm. But it's just a matter of, you know, us, whether we'll be able to do it given, you know, how even against in the home games against Aston Villa, we just 
completely lost it 3-0 right so yeah i mean it's going to be a tough season anyways this is this is going to be a transition season i've kind of prepared myself for that i think all arsenal fans need to be patient and give uh, the manager this entire season to kind of uh, you know try out different things uh, get rid of the player get rid of ex- excess players at the end of the season and bring personal who he thinks are going to add to the squad yeah uh, and then build build on from that right I, i i honestly don't expect us to finish anywhere in the top 4 the season a top 7 finish with mm-hmm. europa league maybe a cup win given yeah. uh, we we progressed to the carabao cup quarters uh, mm-hmm. but yeah that's about it i think um, europa league I, again i i'm not too hopeful of, of that so i think that's going to that's how arsenal season is going to pan out yeah yeah but yeah i mean uh, speaking of europa league i think united are going to be prospective champions come on uh, let's not kid ourselves i think jose was spot on when he said that uh but but you know so be uh, coming back to the europa league performances i i had a feeling that you know uh, arsenal were looked sharp at least they were able to pull off results and uh, the kind of teams that arteta has set up were interesting and now with the uh, you know europa you know uh, not not being scheduled uh, for the next couple of months at least um do you think our arteta should sort of uh, tweak his uh, lineup because i you know the academy graduates have scored 13 goals and provided 15 assists so far this season yeah right so obviously arsenal are not able to score goals so a simple thing a stopgap measure right now for arteta do you see him bringing in these guys uh, i know obviously there could be some clashes in the dressing room but has uh, you know has arsenal, is arsenal at that stage especially with arteta uh you know being under fire and all should he start looking at bringing these guys in to the first team and sort of uh you know at least try and see the fortunes can change that's a difficult question to answer because every decision that he is going to take from now on um is going to be scrutinized i mean let's just take for example let's say he decides to play uh he, he kicks out billion and maybe decides to play someone like Reese Nelson mm-hmm. and let's say Nelson is unable to perform or Willock is unable to perform at the level that you know Arsenal fans expect them to it's it's just going to you know uh be back to square one for the manager but i do hope he does take some uh you know key decisions i would like to see Maitland Niles play mm-hmm. uh probably at right back given how Bellerin seems to be out of form and is now leading the uh Premier League charts for most foul throws. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. take a risk uh, here and there. Uh, I mean, no one's expecting the manager to obviously change the entire squad about, but some calculated risks here and there. Maybe I, w- I would actually love to see Maitland Niles in midfield because he's he's actually a defensive midfielder through his youth years. Yeah. Uh, that'll kind of give us some steel, some sort of, uh, you know, similar player to Thomas Partey. Uh, and still very young right he has over 100 arsenal appearances so why not right he he probably anchor the midfield much better than prob- what jaka and sebayos are able to do and you know that will kind of help play maybe play sebayos a little more ahead mm-hmm. so he doesn't necessarily need to fall back and uh, play deep i mean you need to take these sort of decisions and i hope you know there's some something that changes the big i mean we i i i i'm calling it a big game because 
this for this weekend against Burnley because if if the, if Arsenal lose this, I'm pretty sure uh, you know the manager is walking on a tightrope. I don't think uh, we can afford to lose uh, this particular this match at least, and maybe the next couple of games. Uh, I think we go to Southampton after that, and I think that they, after that we play Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, three, two or three important games where we at least need to pick up six points or seven points. Um, so yeah, important, three important games according to me. Yeah, yeah, true, true. You know, uh, so moving on. I, I, you know, before before we get into that, I I would just want your take on this uh, and see, uh, you know, your opinion on this basically. So I, I'm not sure if you noticed, but uh, you know, all the pundits. I I'm not going to take the uh, you know channel names and all, but they seem to start. You know, question uh, Jose Mourinho's style now. Okay, I know over the f- last five years, it's always been about uh, the lack of winning games. Uh, you know, Spurs' style has always been uh, of something of a fan favorite, and uh, you know, Mauricio Pochettino's teams were basically questioned as to why they were not winning games. And now that Jose yeah. Mourinho has started winning games, people are questioning, um, you know, his uh, his team's uh, style of play, and Spurs currently. Uh, you know, have the best defensive record, have the second best uh, offensive record. Uh, do you do you think that criticism is fair uh, from the pundits? Not really. I honestly, I mean, from my perspective, Arsenal were playing extremely good football under Wenger, but we were not winning anything. And now we are playing terrible football and not winning either. So I'd rather play terrible football and get results. And and if that's working for Mourinho, then why not? I honestly don't think Spurs are playing bad football. They have, uh, you know, players who suit their style rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, players who are fast uh, on the counter, and if they what they I think they're topping the charts in terms of goals scored. So yeah, I don't think anyone can actually criticize Mourinho for that. And I think he's bought in players of flair as well, right? Bale, yeah. uh, he's tried to bet in players like Jorge, yeah, uh, in that midfield. Um, so I mean the criticism is kind of unwarranted as long as he's getting the results. Does it? Nothing else matters. It's a results game at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, and one more thing. I know this is. I, I believe that this is totally uh, blown out of proportion. Uh, but but you know, as an as a Spurs fan, I I cannot not bring this into the discussion. But. Uh, Talks of relegation, man. What do you think? I mean, I, I know, I, I'm telling you, it's totally out of the proportion, but uh, fair enough? Mm, I mean, I, I, I think it's banter. I definitely think we are not the worst, three of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> so, uh, pretty <laughs> yeah. sure West Brom, Burnley, Fulham are, are much more terrible than we are. So, I, I think, I definitely think we'll survive, even if it requires us to survive on the last day. But uh, honestly speaking, I think we will definitely finish in the top 10. Uh, top 7 is, is is what we should be aiming for. It's going to be a long and hard season. We'll just need to wait and watch. Alright, so what's your prediction for your away match against Palace? Easy win again? Um, I, I, I really don't think. See, Palace away has always proven to be a uh, a difficult, uh, you know, venue to go to for any opposition, let alone Spurs, and the kind of form that Palace are in. Um, I'm, I, it's going to be tricky, but I think it's going to be a draw. 
uh, probably a two two all draw why because i mean i know palace have been free scoring this season i think they won 5-1 uh, yeah. last week yeah spurs seem unstoppable at this point in time yeah i mean, see i i i think uh, you know the palace's front line with bentakes hitting form in the the right time i guess uh, so I believe they have a potent attack which can test Spurs' defense. You know, I I really don't see a clean sheet against Palace if they continue to play the way uh, they have been over the last couple of game weeks. But it's it's going to be a difficult one to sort of go and uh, nick through a point, uh, nick through three points. So I, I'll be happy with the point, uh, and especially you know considering that uh, we play Liverpool next. I you know it, it'll be interesting to see how Mourinho uh, you know manages his lineup because uh, in the Europa game I think Kane Son uh, all just all, all had to sort of come and uh, you know uh, give some minutes on the pitch so and Dombele was there Lo Celso was there so yeah um, from uh, the freshness point of view I can see certain uh, you know hiccups over there but uh, I, I'm going for a point at Palace and I'll be happy with that. Okay. Uh, what's your uh, prediction for a final result? Did you say 2-2? Two, two? Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. It, it might change. It might change by uh, today EOD. Let's see. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Karthik. Uh, not very great talking to you this week, but uh, great talking to you overall. Thanks, Supreet. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. Follow us on all our social media channels, Instagram and Twitter, at the 6 Yards Pod. Oh, 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 oh,